Hello, good listeners, and welcome to another gripping edition of Bears on Film. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Thanks for coming back. How are you travelling, Billy? Yeah, yeah, I'm doing all right. Yeah, just got back from a holiday, so, you know, could be worse. Yeah, it could be better. I mean, you could still be on holidays. That's true. That's true. <laughs> you hate to see it. Yep. <laughs> all right, well, uh, this week we're going to talk about three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Yeah, we are. Yep. Three Billboards, of course, being the new film from writer-director Martin McDonough, previously of In Bruges, which I absolutely loved, and Seven Psychopaths, which I absolutely liked. I didn't get to Seven Psychopaths, so but it looked good. I mean, I like Martin McDonough's work, so... Yeah, I was into it. I was into it. It wasn't, it wasn't In Bruges for me, Yeah, but I was, it was good. I'd be curious to uh, hear where you think this one sits in his trilogy, as yeah. it were. So Three Billboards follows the story of Francis McDormand's character, who... Seven months before the film started, yeah. her daughter has been raped and murdered. And it's her... I don't know if you'd even say it's a search for justice. It's more her... It's more a vengeance, really. Really just how her grief... Yes, is manifests. Come, manifests, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So basically, the story kicks off. She's, she's driving down this road uh, just outside Ebbing, Missouri. Sees these three pretty much abandoned billboards and has this idea to purchase the billboards and put up these messages directly to the police about their lack of help um, with solving this crime. I really like that that's where this story starts because this is the story of the billboards. You know, this isn't... It's not the story of finding her daughter's rapist, really. It's more about the effect that these billboards have, Mm. which I I really liked. Were you expecting something different? No, not really. Um, From the trailer, which... We first saw a long time ago. Yes, yeah. We started hearing about this movie quite a long time ago. Yeah, well, I can't remember which festival it debuted at, but there are people in the world who saw this movie quite a while ago. Yeah. From the, the trailers that we've seen and stuff, this is the movie I was... thought. This is what I thought I was walking into. Okay. I, well, I mean, I was pleasantly surprised. I, you know, I don't really recall the trailer that well, but from what I'd heard of the plot, I was expecting this more to be a story of how the police had screwed up or, you know, like about backwards country police and that's not the story we got at all like quite early on in the film you find out that Woody Harrelson's character who plays the the, ch- the police chief who's who been singled are kind of directed that's right. Woody at. Harrelson is the one that's been singled out yeah and quite early reports. on you find out he's a he's a good dude he's, he's probably the most honorable character in this entire film in the film which is one of the things I love is that Frances McDormand's character is an anti-hero she's not a hero in this movie I quite l- frankly I love the fact that Frances McDormand resists any kind of urge there may have been to portray this grieving mother yes particularly sympathetically no that's right and because well you even get a couple of flashbacks in the film and you find out okay she was kind of a bitch even before her daughter went missing (laughs) really like and i really enjoyed that yeah it's great because while obviously you can't help but feel for her like she's lost her daughter of course but at the same time you're like that's questionable yes (laughs) yeah and that's what i like you're kind of sympathetic to every character in this movie you know a lot of them are shits and you kind of feel sorry for everyone on both sides really so the cast the cast is sensational most of them are we've mentioned Frances McDormand who's one of our favorites yeah love her yeah I think this is probably her best performance since Fargo we've got we've mentioned Woody Harrelson as as the chief who's fantastic Mm. there's a I didn't realize this at the time but there's a little no country for old men tie-in with Woody Harrelson and you know the guy who's the who runs the billboards. 
Yes. Um, Red. Yeah. Red, an actor who's... And he's having a great year. Yeah, so he's played by Caleb Landry-Jones, who, in the things I've seen him in, he plays right in in No Country for Old Men. You haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen it. (laughs) So without spoiling... I told you I would watch it about three weeks ago. I haven't yet. Without spoiling anything, obviously it's 10 years ago, so he's a... He's a kid, so he's he has a tiny little role in No Country for Old Men, um, but he's also recently been in both Get Out and The Florida Project. Yes, so he's having a sensational year. He's having a good run. He was also in Friday Night Lights, the, oh, well, t- the TV go. show. Haven't watched that either, but my wife has told me I have to. <laughs> Ka- yes, Caleb Landry Jones played the drummer friend of the character Landry. Fun, Fun. fact. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I th- I thought he was uh, really really good he's, in this movie. He great. was actually one of my favourites. I thought, and of course, you've got Sam Rockwell, who honestly I do believe that he should win Best Supporting Actor for this film. Ah, that's an interesting one because he. I think a lot of the in terms of awards season. Yeah, I think the early buzz following on from uh, Three Billboards being on at festivals. Yes. The early buzz was Sam Rockwell. Yeah. And then and now it's shifted. Yeah, Willem Dafoe kind of stole his thunder. Yeah. I'm actually still with Willem Dafoe. Really? Because, as you know, I liked this movie, but this I wouldn't be changing my top five after seeing this. I still think The Florida Project is a better movie. But I think Sam Rockwell's performance in this is absolutely outstanding. I, I, I love me some Sam Rockwell. With him, love with me him some Sam Rockwell. Board. The only acting that I didn't love in this, and I feel unpatriotic saying this. Are you going to say Abby Cornish? Abby Cornish was appalling in this movie. Well, that's not a true fact. No, it's honestly, I, I, I don't understand that casting choice. I find that very strange. Look, obviously, people move all over the world. And Australians, there are, there are dozens of us. You oh, know? Well. <laughs> <laughs> Literally and, dozens. Well, and of all the people who do kind of travel... Australians are known to travel a lot, so it's not. I mean, we've got to go fifty kilometers just to get milk. Yeah, so exactly. Going overseas is no big deal. Yeah, like it's not unreasonable that this Australian woman would be living in this town, but at the same time, it's like it was just a little bit jarring, jarring. and strange. And also, I just didn't really, you know, there's that scene where she's giving Frances McDormand the letter, and I'm like, oh, bitch, please. <laughs> like, I just, I really like that scene. I don't know. I don't know what it was. I just couldn't really get into her. Okay. And like, I like Abby Cornish. I usually have no problem with her, but in this, I just didn't really feel it. We also get Peter Dinklage, who's yes, excellent. He is excellent, and his character is great. Too. Yeah, he's a good character, isn't he? He's, yeah, he's one of those ones who's very honourable, and you feel so. Well, sorry he's the for him. most even keeled character in the entire film. Yeah. You've got Clark Peters from The Wire as the new sheriff. Oh, right. Uh, really liked him. I haven't seen The Wire, but I've been told again that I should. You should see The Wire. Uh, you also get uh, Zelko Ivanek as, you know, the other cop, the one who's like yes. often having to say to Sam Rockwell, yeah. what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. he's uh, So he's been in all of Martin McDonough's films, uh, and he was also in two episodes of The West Wing, so I, <laughs> I love him. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I like that guy. In terms of an ensemble cast, yes, this is fantastic. It it really is. The the performances in this film are very very good. You know, there's a moment early on, just after she's erected the billboards, when Woody Harrelson goes to talk to her. You know, and they're sitting on the swings, and he tells her that he has cancer, and they just kind of linger on his face after he says it because she she doesn't give a shit. She's like, yeah, he's I, waiting. I know it. He's waiting for the usual reaction. Yeah, and she's just like, like I know. Why would I care? Like, that's exactly why I put them up, so that you can see them before you die. And he, like, he wasn't he wasn't telling her that so that she would immediately take them down or anything. But You like, don't think? I don't think so. I think the way they linger on his face, he just looks so saddened that she would not have any kind of reaction 
to that. I just thought his his acting in that scene in particular just really got me. I, was... I, I do like their dynamic. I mean, they don't have many scenes together. No, they actually don't. And maybe the uh, the one moment where where Francis McDormand's character comes off as the most caring is with Woody Harrelson at yes. one point. Yeah, where... that was a great scene. Yeah, something happens and her character just she goes into she mothering just flicks mode. Flicks the switch and it doesn't last. But <laughs> yeah, but it is this great. He kind of just adds this extra layer to her character, um, and it's a really, really good moment. Agreed. Now it's I think the cast are they're already on a on a pretty good thing because well for me I love Martin McDonough's dialogue. I yeah, love it, the way it, he it is. It is very dialoguey. It's um you know like it's. It's not how regular people would talk. Like this is Certainly. very different to the Florida Project. You know, this is this is. It feels more like a play. Like watching this movie, I, the whole time I was thinking I could so easily see this as a stage play, and I think that would be great. Mm. But yeah, it's it's almost Sorkinish. Something that I particularly like about McDonough's writing is the things that he chooses to make funny. Mm. Like in in Bruges, you've got that talk about purgatory, which mm. is hilarious. Yeah, in this. Maybe the most lighthearted and warm thing in the entire film is a suicide note. Yes, yeah. Although let's um, let's talk about the comedy in this film for a bit. Would you call this film a black comedy? I would very much call this a black comedy. Yeah, that's that's reasonable. Um, this was a very, very, very funny movie. It's ve- it is very it's, funny. It's I'm, very funny. There I'm is not almost a, a laugh out loud, loud line at least once a scene. Yeah, I'm not, not a I'm not a lolla. In general, no, I don't often audibly laugh, but yeah. I did in this. Yeah, it's you know, and I'm surprised. You know, obviously this is getting a lot of nominations and stuff. I find it interesting that at the Globes, because at the Globes, obviously they split it into the, the different categories. This is up for best picture, not for best comedy. Whereas Get Out, whereas Get Out and <laughs> I Tonya are yep. both for comedy. So I actually was lucky enough to get to an advanced screening of I Tonya this week. I I loved that movie. I think I liked that better than this. Alice and Janney, I think, should get Best Supporting Actress. Although she we haven't seen Lady Bird yet. Uh, yeah, again, we're, we're far behind now. on so many things. Yep. And that movie is not as funny as this movie. And yet mm. that is up for comedy. Yeah. And this isn't. The Globes are a loose unit. They are a bit ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. But this is a very, very funny movie. In fact, I would say that that's probably... I don't know if that's its aim. I... The, my one question with this movie really is what its aim was. Is it meant to be a comedy or is it meant to be a drama? Or I kind of felt like there were times where the comedy was so overpowering that it was hard to feel the drama in the movie. Well, like you mentioned, you mentioned Aaron Sorkin earlier. Like, there's plenty of Sorkin scripts that are dramas that are funny. Yeah, but this this is one where I felt different. I didn't feel like this was a funny drama. I felt like this was a comedy that was set around a dramatic story okay i'm i'm leaning the other way with it yeah for me it's a dramatic story that is funny okay that's cool and again i like i love that we can see different things in this yeah and like what however it sits for you provided it works for you who cares who cares yeah yeah um mcdonough has a really interesting way that he deals with death in movies it's not quite nihilistic but it can sometimes also be quite a throwaway Sort of thing, like yeah, not and and not all the time. There's at least one death in this film that is pretty hard hitting, yeah. and yet there's other times, whether it be death or even any kind of violence, yes, where you know you don't feel it in the same way that yeah. you might in another yeah in another movie. It certainly doesn't feel real. 
No, but it also doesn't feel cartoony or stylistic. Yeah. Like it's not like it's not like Sin City or something where the violence is so stylized. Yeah, it's not. It's yeah, it's not Kill Bill or no. But it is. I know exactly what you mean. And there is some. There is quite a bit of violence yeah. in this movie. Uh, you know, there's the scene where Sam Rockwell's character, and I, I really loved this shot, one long continuous take of him walking out of the station, across yep. the road, upstairs, and just beats the absolute shit out of um, Caleb Landry-Jones and throws him out of a window. And that's not even the end of it. Then he goes back downstairs and continues kicking him. Like, he doesn't. his character doesn't have that kind of remorseful moment that most people might... Even if you were angry and grieving, and you did beat someone up i think you would immediately be like oh shit what have i done especially if you're a cop and that's your job on the line yeah though we know that he's um (laughs) he's had transgressions earlier in his career because one of the things we first find out about sam rockwell's character is that he's a raging racist yes yes although they never actually go into what well even he doesn't bother denying it though like we know like it happened yeah like there's no he's you know he's just beating this guy up to like deal with his grief you know there's kind of that parallel like he's not dealing with grief very well in the same way that Frances McDormand is dealing with grief really poorly yeah yeah Yeah. and his is worse because she's not kicking the shit (laughs) out of people and throwing them out windows not physically abusing people which (laughs) is good if you're listening (laughs) don't hit don't hit (laughs) so there there comes a point in this movie where and you know this is a fair way into the film Mm. where I was sitting there and like totally enjoying it but kind of thinking okay this film has to go somewhere because at the moment, it's just enjoyable for me without... Yeah, I guess that's what I was trying to say before with the comedy drama thing. I felt, for a long time in this movie, I felt like I didn't know what it was mm. or why it was. Yeah. And then when the film does kind of shifts gear and there's a plot point, which is a call back to something that's been mentioned earlier in the film. And on the one hand, you're like, oh yeah, cool, something's happening. Yeah. And on the other hand, I was like, oh, this is a bit... It felt a bit too easy. It was like being handed some candy. It is this immediate yeah. sugar rush, but then it's actually not that satisfying. Yeah, you feel or, a little bit sick. Yeah, it's <laughs> not that satisfying or interesting. Yeah. But then it turns out that that turn is actually not entirely what you thought it was going to be yeah, either. Yeah, it's, it's like which there actually, was a razor blade in the candy. Which makes it way better when yeah. you get that. Ow! There's a razor blade <laughs> in my gums. Yeah. I know exactly what you mean. It was like, this isn't like... It's not a twisty movie. Like, it's not like Sixth Sense or something where this big twist happens and you're like, oh, snap. But it just kind of like, it's like meandering down like a windy road and it just kind of takes these little twists and bends and it's just just enough to keep you kind of interested as you look out at the scenery. Mm. The twist that we're just talking about with with where that leads the characters played by Francis McDormand and Sam Rockwell Mm. at the end of the film... Did you have a? Did you decide what they were going to do? I like that that was left ambiguous. You know, I saw obviously most of the feedback for this movie has been very, very positive and well received. Some of the things that weren't so positive was yeah about that ending, mm. which I find surprising. It's because... not nearly as ambiguous as in Bruges. No, I don't know. What do you think they did? I think that the for th- for those that have seen the film, I think the memory of the bookmark would have been too much, and that they just they just have a nice drive. Maybe. Speaking of the bookmark, let's talk about her character. Another Australian, actually. She's really good, actually. The, yeah, so she's the, great. The, the girlfriend, the young girlfriend of Frances McDormand's ex-husband. Yes. She's really good. She's very, very funny. There's that great scene. Frances McDormand is talking smack about his young girlfriend, and the camera kind of pans around, and she's just standing there. She's like, oh, sorry, I, I, I need the bathroom, but I, I don't want to inconvenience you. It seems like an inconvenient time. She just, she just can't stop talking. She's yeah. just like... Well, the next, I think it's the next scene we get her in where she's talking about her new job with the horses. Oh, <laughs> yes. 
priceless. <laughs> she she was as far as the comedy goes, she was my standout. She was brilliant. Movie. I remember someone saying, I can't remember whether it was Tina Fey or somebody else involved with Mean Girls, talking about the casting of Amanda Seyfried in that film. Yeah. And saying that if you want to get someone to play someone that stupid, invariably <laughs> you have to get someone so really smart. That? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because for whatever reason, you can't just you can't just cast with you know no acting required. No, but you actually need to find something really it's switched on. It's hard to on. genuinely act dumb. It is really hard. <laughs> like, Comes naturally to me. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true. It's like, uh, did you ever see the Jerk with Steve Martin? I haven't seen the Jerk. Great movie, but so he's a uh, he's a white man who's raised by a family of African Americans and believes he is african-american except he has no rhythm (laughs) because he's white so there's this great scene at the start where they're all standing out on the porch you know playing their kind of soul music and he's trying to clap along and he is completely out of time he just can't do it and it's actually really hard to do that but i think it's because he's such a great musician because i don't know if you know this about steve martin but he's like a banjo savant no, I didn't know that. Oh, these—he doesn't even do comedy anymore. He tours, he tours playing banjo now. Really? Yeah, yeah, legitimately. You should look up some of his stuff. It's great. So, and I, yeah, it's similar to that whole "you got to be smart to act dumb" because I, I don't believe he would have been able to do that if he didn't understand music. Yeah. <laughs> now, my one kind of gripe with this film, I liked a lot of this movie. There is a wonderful scene. The scene is brilliant. Where I think she's I know where you go. Throwing Molotov cocktails in okay. the police station. Is she a quarterback? Because that police station is a fair distance away and she is throwing these... It's only across the street. She's got a damn good arm on her. I was watching this going, come on. Well, (laughs) Frances McDormand is in ripping shape. Well, she is, absolutely. And I love that little kind of tiny ponytail she's got. Just makes her look a little bit like a crib. (laughs) Yeah, I can't say I, I, I didn't stumble on that at all. I was like, yeah, McDormand's definitely got that throw in her. You reckon? Yeah. I don't think I could throw that far. Neither do I. (laughs) (laughs) What scene did you think I was going to bring up? I thought you were going to bring up the scene with the deer. Yes, the CGI in that scene yeah, was because the very, scene very itself bad. is really good. It's a very touching scene. Basically, what happens is she's standing outside the billboards, which is actually the road where her daughter was was murdered as well. So she's actually there putting flowers, kind of where her daughter died, and this deer pops up. And she has a bit of a conversation as if it's her daughter's spirit. But fuck, that deer looked bad. It's less than convincing. Yeah, it's like... And, and it's a shame because Frances McDormand in her that, in that scene cool. is amazing. Yeah. But you kind of can't help going, yeah, she's talking to a bunch of pixels. Yes. You know, Animals is actually one point where CGI has progressed pretty damn well. Yeah, because we're not as attuned to... Exactly. And it's not even... The deer is standing fairly still, so it's not even like... It's not like it's walking strangely. It's literally just the look and render of this deer. Yeah. Which is a shame, because I really feel like that could have been done better. And it didn't continue to bug me for the rest of the movie. No, it's a very short scene. At the time, I was like, okay, yeah, that's not great. And then we moved on, and it was... I didn't care anymore. But at the time, yeah. The other big moment for me in this film that really kind of hit me is right at the very end you find out that this road with the billboards is just outside Frances McDormand's house. Yes. She's out in her garden in the yeah, swing she set can see and them. she looks down and that hit me because as I said, like that's where her daughter died. Her daughter barely made it out of the house before she was, you know, and that just kind of terrified me. That that moment really hit me when you see that right at the end because that's not revealed. And, you know, as far as we know, these billboards are outside Ebbing, Missouri. You assume that they're a little bit away. But yeah, that moment hit me. 
One last thing for me that, that I think that Martin McDonough does really well, well in his films is how well he can switch gear between sheer entertainment mm. and things that are actually quite touching. It definitely happens yeah. in, uh, in Bruges. And it certainly happens in here as well. When we see Woody Harrelson's character, the chief, with his family, yes. all of a sudden, it, and the thing all of a sudden gets rooted in the real world again. Yeah. Um, when he's dealing with his two daughters. Yes. I think Martin McDonough's got a genuine talent for that. Which, uh, that was another thing about this movie. I, yeah, I could never predict where it was going. Which, as you said, there was a point where that hit kind of a slog where I was like, is this going somewhere? But at the same time, I appreciated that it wasn't just super predictable. Right, so as I said, this movie wouldn't... It wouldn't crack my top five. I very much liked it. I don't think it's as strong as in Bruges, personally. I agree. I, agree. Um, I would give this film a soft nine. It's, it's it's good for me. Okay, I didn't think you were going to give it that high. I liked it very much. I th- the humour in this film was great. The acting in this film was great. It's not a ten for me, because I do feel like it, it missed a few marks. But it would be a high eight, low nine. Yeah, so for me, with McDonough's films to date, it's between In Bruges and Seven Psychopaths. Yeah. Uh, it's an 8 out of 10 for me. It's not perfect, but I really, really liked it. Yeah, I definitely think it's worth seeing. It's my best film of 2018 so far. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you vote, this is the only film you've seen in 2018 so far, isn't it? It did open on New Year's Day. <laughs> <laughs> as I said, I think... I haven't I, seen better. I think I, Tonya is a stronger film. I think that you should... Definitely, get I'm to really that. looking forward to it. It's it's phenomenal. The casting in that film, you know, like I love me some Allison. Like I I yeah. worship at the altar of Allison. Yeah, Jamie. and I haven't in the past been a huge Margot Robbie fan, but she's great in that movie. And the casting of those two, like I don't know if they've done something to Margot Robbie, but she looks like Allison Janney's daughter. Mm. Like they look similar, they act sim- like it's a very very good casting and acting. How Sebastian Stan in it? Yeah, he's good. The cast. Across the, and you know, obviously based on a true story. So at the end, they do that great thing where they show you real footage. Yeah. Fuck, they all look alike. Yeah. Yeah. Like Margot Robbie is the one odd one because you know Tonya Harding. She was maybe I think twenty three yep. when the whole kneecapping thing happened. Uh, whereas Margot Robbie, of course, is I think is she pushing thirty. Oh, or what just, a what a hag! But you know, Margot Robbie is quite tall and built. Tonya Harding is like five foot one and very so. That's the one kind of thing that. But Margot Robbie's acting is so outstanding that I couldn't give a shit. Mm. Yeah, I got the trailer for it last night at Three Billboards. And yeah. again, she's like, oh man, I can't wait for this movie. Yeah, yeah. There's a, cu- there's a couple coming out later this year that you know we're a bit behind on, which I'm really excited to get to. Can't wait to see Lady Bird. All right, so if you haven't seen it, I reckon go watch it. We both like it. Yeah, check it out. And uh, you know, if you want to get in contact with us, you can do that at bearsonfilmmailbag at gmail.com. You can reach us on Facebook at Bears on Film Podcast, Instagram at Bears on Film Podcast, Twitter at Bears on Film Pod. And as always, be sure to, you know, share the show with a friend, give us a rating on iTunes and go watch a movie. Bye. See ya. Bye.